Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Today's deep dive into Loki is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Ladies and gentlemen, the world is opening up again. And when you step outside the door in the morning, you want to look sharp. You want to look good. And you can do that at cufflinks.com. They have all the greatest brands that you're used to, plus the super geeky stuff, which is why they advertise with us. You can get Marvel, DC, Game of Thrones, sports. Oh, my gosh. So many things to choose from. Cufflinks.com is the men's looking good store. That's right. I called it. It's the looking good store. Go over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR 20 and save 20% on your order. No minimum cufflinks.com support the podcast, a great family owned business. They made it through the COVID baby. And so did we, and we're back together to celebrate. So head over to cufflinks.com slash DVR today. Use code DVR 20 and check out their splash page because they are always running amazing sales. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to one Mike, the Delvin Cox experience and daily DVRs deep dive into Loki. My name is Axel. You can find out more about my pods at DVRpodcast.com. And with me, of course, are Mike and Delvin. And today we have a fourth. Andy is here to talk to us about not only Loki Episode 5, but we're going to throw in a little Black Widow, which we all saw. We're going to talk a little bit about our brackets, MCU brackets that we've been doing on our Facebook page. Uh, We're going to say hello to everyone in a second, but first... Let me say the stuff I say in the beginning of the show. Today, we're going to be talking about Season 1, Episode 5, entitled Journey into Mystery, directed by Kate Heron and written by Tom Kaufman. Again, a Rick and Morty community, Uncle Grandpa, Michael Waldron kind of bringing him over into this. And actually, this dude, Tom Kaufman, is kind of interesting. If you look up his IMDb, he spent a really long time making internet and viral videos. So he has a real eye for a lot of the fan service stuff because this episode could have been called journey into fan service, (laughs) but he, you can kind of tell by the way he wrote this. It was a lot of stuff that was in there. Uh, Once again, whether you're watching on YouTube or listening to the podcast, give us a like subscribe, Give us a review, and I want to give a special shout-out to Cufflinks, the sponsor for Daily DVR. They are awesome. Also, check out Mike's instant reaction to this episode. And once again, go back and listen to last week's episode of the Delvin Cox Experience because you got the touch and you got the power, baby. We were just talking about it again before this episode began. All right, I'm going to say hi to everybody. So first, Andy. How you doing, Andy? I am doing good, and I needed to get on before the end of the season because you guys have been taking random pot shots at Tim Hines. I didn't want to feel left out, <laughs> so it's very fun to be here. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, Timothy, I already, I was, I was talking to him last night. He was playing his house music at like three o'clock in the morning and what a guy he is. Timbo on the toes. All right. What up, Delvin? What's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. Doing great. And Mike, how are you, my friend? And unbelievably tired. All right. Well, <laughs> but otherwise, good. Ready to talk great uh, about this episode. And I'm interested to hear you guys' thoughts on Black Widow because I've been seeing a whole lot of um, uh, interesting opinions on it. It seems like everybody only ex- it's like the, the fandom is either they absolutely loved it or they are putting it near the bottom of their rankings. Hmm. And there's like no in between. So I'm like wondering where everybody else fell on that. If if everybody here is going to be a super big fan or didn't didn't like it. Or if any of us are going to be like, it was cool. I put it around the middle. <laughs> yeah, curious. I'm interested too. And we will chat about that. But first, let's dive into some Loki, baby. First thing I got to say is Titus Welliver was amazing in this episode, starring as the smoke monster from Lost. He, it was That's a shout out to Glenn who gave me that joke. So I just burned it. It's over. That's all the funny I've got. And it wasn't even that funny. But <laughs> <laughs> we got our... Our weekly lost reference. Yes, our weekly lost. I was was kind of surprised we didn't see Desmond in the hat either, actually. There you go. There was tons of lost references in this one. Yeah. Um, Well, I mean, I'm just going to start out. I like this episode. It was super fun. The scenes with all the Lokis, President Loki. um, I just thought uh, a lot of the, you know, in the, the, the time in the void, Owen Wilson back, Sylvie in the void. I thought it was super fun. But then when I, we, and we talked about it before the pod, I sat down, I was like, there was, it was, it was like, Mike, you said in your instant reaction, it was almost kind of like just, it was like a bridge to the, the finale. And we've come to see, and I wanted to make a statement on this. I'm sorry to keep on talking, but I just want to get this out. I think Marvel does the second to last episode, (laughs) which we've all come to expect is going to be the big thing, right? Like everyone is always uh, since lost and other big streaming shows after uh, you always think like it's not episode 10, the finale, it's episode nine, right? That's the big stuff is going to happen. And I think Marvel is subverting that and they're going back to the old style where the big shit happens in the last episode. And the second to last episode is a little bit kind of just a bridge, like a continuation of the episode before, like they're doing like the last three episodes kind of work together. That's the way I see it. Enjoyed the episode, but didn't feel like it had a ton of really deep shit that we can chat about, but it was a lot of fun fan service stuff. Yeah. Game of Thrones did that a lot. The opposite though, like where they would do like episode Mm -hmm. nine would have some crazy shit happening. And then episode 10 would be kind of like, that's what I mean. Let's talk about the fallout from episode 10. I mean, episode nine and let's work on setting up the next season. Like they, I think they really only did like crazy finales for like, um, I think season six was a huge, was a huge finale for them. Um, season five was a huge finale for them. And I think four as well. But then, like, I think three well, – oh, why are we talking about Game of Thrones? I made the point. <laughs> like, like, what am I doing? I think you're right, bro. I'm, like, I'm going to start running down every season finale and every episode nine. But, yeah, so um, 
yeah, Game of Thrones did that, but I, I kind of uh, I I like that a little bit. But it's I, I kind of like it how you said Marvel's flipping that. I kind of like the finale being the heavy episode, just because it, it, you automatically go in. It's the last episode. You you want it to kind of knock your socks off. You don't want to go in thinking like, oh, this is going to be the come down from the previous episode. So uh, I, I like that they're doing that. But yeah, like I said, it felt like a bridge between episodes four and six. Um, not a lot, like not a lot to discuss. Just a whole lot of fun and fan service and cool stuff happening. Andy Delvin. I'll go. I think this is the most closest episode of Rick and Morty we've gotten so far in Loki. Like, all the Rick and Morty references are there with the multiple Lokis, not liking each other, thinking they're smarter than each other. Then you have the constant references to different things in Marvel in the background that you, if you log, if you blink, you'll miss it. There's a lot of things to like in this episode, but it's the best way to describe this episode, with the exception of, I guess, the ending part of the episode, is pretty much a filler episode. With just a lot of references to things in Marvel that we know is silly, fun things. We don't know if any of these references are going to lead into other things in the Marvel Universe, but even so, that's fine not knowing that, because this was just more of a fun-filled episode of just crazy stuff happening. Yeah. Yeah, I really I really enjoyed it. I think you guys are 100% right where there's it's not plot heavy episode by any means. It's just kind of hanging out. And I, when I think back to I remember the penultimate episode of Falcon the Winter Soldier. I remember having some complaints about that cuz that was when they went back and hung out in the fishing town for a while and I was like I got impatient cuz I'm like this is the second to last episode, but I think in this I think in Loki it's done a little bit better cuz it's just more interesting, it's more fun. It kind of gave me a rock vibe a little bit with how weird some stuff is and all these background references that you don't get. It was just, it seemed fun. I really loved the episode, but like you guys said, there's not a ton of, like when I was trying to make some notes, it's hard to make notes because there isn't really a lot of, it's just kind of a journey to the to the finale is really what it was. So I still loved it a lot, but I can totally see complaints from people on it if you were expecting a lot of plot. Yeah. Well, I will you, say that oh, I did like the fan service stuff and all that was really fun, but I, I, I have to, you know, I, I'll, I don't have any problems being the dissenting opinion if, if this, if this, this just falls on me because you guys know I don't give a fuck, man. I'll say whatever I feel like and <laughs> it doesn't matter. I thought the end was dumb. Like the whole everything involving that smoke monster in the sky, like trying to like Loki's like, I'm going to kill it. She's like, I'm going to enchant it. And then she, they're like grabbing smoke. And uh, uh, I thought that shit was so dumb. I'm like, man, they didn't even try to make this inter- like believable, like. A fucking smoke monster in the sky, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna go ahead and defeat it." Oh, okay, and then it just dissipates and like opens up, <laughs> and then the whole idea is like, "What's past the?" Oh, I'm gonna start ranting, but I'm like, "What's past the? Vo- what's past the end of time? Nothing's past the end of time." Like, what? It- I'm sorry, that shit irritated I, I think, me. <laughs> I think I kind of agree with you. I don't think I, I didn't think it was dumb. I thought it was really predictable, especially when you have. And we'll get to it later on with the other thing. When you have them constantly telling you how all the Lokis have come here and been trying to figure out a way to get out and miserably have failed, then Loki just says, has there ever been a woman Loki who tried it? Oh, no, that might actually work. Like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> like, okay, I guess that's gonna clearly going to work now. You know, I think, though, there's something I picked up on that, Delvin, and this was one of the few deep things um, that I thought of which is 
and exactly what you said where he turned and he kept on asking them, have you ever met a woman Loki before, you know, and they were all surprised. Is she the only female Loki, which makes me believe, and maybe I'm caught up on this for, you know, whatever, cause I'm a podcaster. Is she the, is she the original Loki? Like they're all the variants of the Loki and cause she's the only woman. Like, does it work that way or something? Like, is there something the way he said that? And what you're saying is I actually thought I thought the same thing. I thought that was kind of silly, but then I thought, wait, maybe there is something deeper here, but I could be totally wrong. I think there is. I feel like they said that because she seemed like the only one who has not only has empathy and can kind of, while she's a little arrogant, she can see things past herself with reason and logic and figure out things that other Lokis really can't. So in, in many ways, that kind of makes her the superior, quote-unquote, Loki because she just thinks different than the other Lokis. Whereas our Loki that we know is like, hey, let's just kill this creature and be done with it. She was kind of like, no, let's. that's a dumb idea. Let's figure out if we can get this creature's mind and figure out what's exactly going on here so we can overcome it and get to what we, our real mission and goal at hand. And I think that's kind of the difference between her and the other Lokis in terms of that factor. Because all those Lokis' whole idea has always been let's kill this monster or conquer it or take it over to use to our advantage. She was like, no, we don't have to kill it. Let's find out what makes it tick to get to what we need our goal at hand. I think that's kind of the biggest difference. Mm, it's interesting. She is she she is different. I mean, I have to agree with Mike in the sense that I found the end to be. Uh, it's like when you're watching a movie and you feel like they're kind of going through the motions of they were in the script room. You know, they're in the writers' room and they're like, "Well, they have to defeat the creature somehow." You know what I mean? And like, like you're saying, Mike, like they're like, let's get this big smoke. Like it, it just, it did seem so esoteric almost to be bordering on like direct metaphor or something like that, you know? So that's kind of the way that I took it that what, like what Delvin said, it more so for me was about the methodology that then she chose to use the enchantment type stuff. And there was one interesting thing, which um, an article I read picked up on, which said that uh, when they were talking about when they create the fake versions of Asgard, when not only classic Loki, but the way that Sylvie was trying to enchant the creature was very similar to what we saw in WandaVision. And the way that Wanda enchanted that whole town, you know, and the way the TVA is enchanted. So I don't know. I just want to throw that out there that I thought that that was at least an interesting kind of parallel idea here that we've watched two shows where whole groups of people are brainwashed into thinking that they're doing, you know, that they're living a life that they're not. I hadn't thought of that before. Me neither. Oh, we lost Andy. I guess it was that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, Andy, that got shocked the shit out of him. He was like, I'm out. <laughs> 
Like, I'm a mind blue. <laughs> well, Andy has some. Uh, Andy's out in Minnesota. He's a farmer, so sometimes he has a little bit of internet issues um, where he drops out, and I'm sure he'll jump back in with us. Um, yeah. But let me ask you guys: We're talking about the end. What did they see at the end? There's been a lot of talk about what different people think that that kind of either castle or prison or something is that they saw um, once the monster had been defeated and, and it looked like the monster had been kind of guarding that as well as killing people in the void. Um, any theories? I know there's a lot out there, so have at it. I was going to let Delvin go first. I don't know. Honestly, I'm assuming if I was to, my cynical mind leads me to believe it's kind of like, um, was that the Matrix? Revel- no, that was the second Matrix. Reloaded? Where Neo met the architect? Yeah. I kind of, my cynical mind makes me think it's something like that where they're going to meet the the true person behind everything there and it's not going to be necessarily a fisticuffs or anything like that, but a conversation or why this is happening and what is exactly going on and how the TVA was really discovered. Kind of like meeting the Wizard of Oz. That's what I think would happen. I'm interested to see, because it seems like there's still a lot of stuff we don't know yet. So it almost feels like how are we going to wrap this up all in, what, an hour maybe? Yeah. Hour and 20, because I think that yeah, usually the series finales go a little longer. So... Super interested in how they're going to do that and what it's going to lead up to in terms of, like, are we going to just have one Loki? Are we going to have two Lokis? I feel like this... I want to say the ending of this show would make perfect sense to lead into what if because of the what what if basically is. It's a bunch of multi-timelines and multiverse things that's happening, so I feel like the end of this show should lead into what if, but I'm not too sure. That's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. What did you think? Uh, who do you think is? I have a theory that I read, so I'm going to see if if you you. But I figure you guys might know more about it. What do you think, Mike? I I'm kind of hung up on Kang the Conqueror being behind yeah. this, so I'm assuming Kang the Conqueror is going to be in that castle. Like I I I don't I whoever's behind this is in that castle, and I feel like it's probably. I don't, I guess it, I, I feel like it'd be kind of like almost too big of a reveal for it that's to be Kang thinking. the Conqueror in there. So like th- that's the only part of me that makes me say it's got to be something else. But I can't figure out what that something else might be. So uh, I, I, I don't I don't know. But I do believe what like what Delvin said that that or I think Axel said I don't remember which one he said it now. But that the smoke monster was guarding that place yes. and killing the other exactly. Loki's there. But yeah, yeah, it's it's guarding that place. Um, I think we were meant to meant to take that away from it. And then there was something else Delvin said that I wanted to uh, touch on briefly, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> uh, shit, what did he say? Say everything you said again, Delvin. <laughs> <laughs> I'll rewind it and play it back. Essentially, it was the it was something at the end of what you said that is going to lead to the what if. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, I think that that. I think that's a possibility, but um, I was also thinking of when you said, uh, is it, is there going to be one Loki or two Lokis or something like that? Um, that part too, I feel like it's going to be 
I, well, you know, I'm still kind of hung up on my theory that that the Loki that we saw in Infinity War has the knowledge of everything that we've seen on this show. So, um, I, you know, obviously we're still going to have Tom Tom Hiddleston, right? So, because he has to live to to play out what we saw in Infinity War. But I do think that Sylvie can and should hang around. Like we should continue to see her as well. All the other ones, yeah, fuck them. I'm I'm all for them bringing in and out multiverse people and different people as much as possible. Uh, that never bothers me. Um, it doesn't affect the character for me. The only thing that ever bothers me in a show is when it lacks permadeath. You know what I mean? Where where anybody just keeps on coming back and coming back. That can get a little bit annoying, but even that you'll forgive it in a sense. We're going to talk about Black Widow. Like uh, She may or may not come back. I don't think she has to come back to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I don't really think she's a necessity to it. She did. I wouldn't be too upset, but you lose a sense of meaning when that happens. It doesn't it wouldn't bother me if Sylvie got her own movie. Hell, they could they could take classic Loki and have his sad ass do I I could watch three episodes of him hanging out where remember where he said he just hung out for a bunch of years, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then he just got bored and decided to give himself up. I thought that whole story was so classic and it was a classic story. <laughs> it was like a classic tragedy. Um, so I, I hope they all continue honestly, and I'm pretty cool with things coming in and out. By the way, I'm sure everyone saw that little miniature frog Thor that was when they were oh. going down. Uh, <laughs> yep. I thought that was so funny. I didn't know what that was they, at first. I had to pause it. I'm like, like, what the fuck is that little thing? I read today that they actually, that is Chris Hemsworth that's streaming. They got him to come in and record mine. So that is Hemsworth screaming the voice of Throg. Really? That's oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's yep. great. And there actually was a joke in Ragnarok near the beginning, near the Matt Damon scene in Ragnarok. And when uh, Anthony Hopkins is playing Loki and uh, Thor comes in and says, remember that time where you turned me into a, a frog? And he's like, yeah, it's funny. So they have referenced it before in the MCU, which I thought was kind of neat. I completely yeah. forgot about that. Yeah. That's, I, I just happened to watch it last week. I would have completely forgotten about it as well. <laughs> okay. The, uh, I was going to – I cut out for a few minutes there. I was going to ask you – maybe you guys have already talked about this, but I was going to ask you guys a question. Do you think that old man Loki could be our Loki? They made a big deal early in the seer in the ser- in this series about mm. cast projection and it's indistinguishable and and old man Loki said I uh, everything exactly right on the timeline until until uh I even fooled the mad titan with my That'll projection. Yeah. Yeah, and and he and he said he was able to hide and the TVA never found him until he left isolation. That's a good Could point I didn't think about. That's, I, like I, that. I, I kind of was thinking about that while I was rewatching it, or while I was watching it with my wife actually for the first time, and I'm like, I wonder if that is if that's a possibility. I think that could be kind of cool if it is. I yeah, you know what? I'm totally okay with stuff like that. Like if it is him, but different, like you're saying, right? Where it they were up to that point the same, you know, and then it like was a diverge. Like there's different kinds of alternate. Loki's. But I mean, it, 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 it really could be the same. It could be the same exact character. 
Yeah. It could because there it, he could have faked his own death and we wouldn't have even known it in Infinity War. Oh, That's I see saying. what you're saying. <laughs> That's great. Okay. Like That's a very fun. Himself. Yeah. yeah That's what that Loki said he did. He said he yep. did his best yep. diversion. Because I I went back and rewatched that scene and he said literally everything was exactly the same until Thanos tried to kill me and then I faked my own death and ran away. And I and he said nobody and I lived in isolation for so many years after that, so nobody else would have had contact with him. That's interesting. And, the reason why and he got caught is because he went to go look for Thor because he missed yeah. his brother. Yeah, mm. I mean, it's probably nothing. I thought it could, could that could be a cool because I, I I don't I don't I say you may have talked about some of this when I cut out, but I kind of I know there's a lot of other crazy fan theories, but until until they actually introduce a main main major villain in uh, in an MCU series i'm going to go with the simplest explanation and i still think look i think it's a bad version of loki that's causing all this and i think the the kid loki at some point says uh anytime one of us tries to get better we get sent here i think loki is actually behind everything and uh, like the most evil version of loki and he is trying to trying to find a way to take over the galaxy or whatever he's trying to be the king of, like he always says. And anytime one of them tries to do something good, he, I don't know. I don't, it's not fully formed thought and I apologize, but okay. what do you guys think about the end? I mean, that's what we were talking about Kang or all these other theories that have been thrown around. Yeah. That's what we were talking about when you cut okay. out there is, yeah, we said Kang, um, Delvin, what, what, what did you say? I said uh, some sort of architect. I don't think it's right. I don't necessarily okay. think it's Kang completely because Kang, like Mike was saying, is too big of a character. I think. Yeah. And they uh, haven't showed us. They haven't showed us thus far that they're willing to introduce those type of characters in these shows yet. True. Not yeah. saying it's off the table. Yeah. But I feel like it could be the Loki thing. Sounds like a great idea. That sounds like a really interesting concept. That's fascinating. My mind went to it's not. Kang, but it's somebody working for Kang mm. on a high level that will lead to Kang yeah. the Conqueror eventually. Yep. I like that idea too. Oh, and the, the, you, oh, I'm sorry, Andy. Go ahead. Oh, no, You finish this and I'll, I'll, I'll go back to what I was going to say. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to ask you guys, do you, do you feel like you need it to be someone recognizable? Or like if it's, somebody, if it's just somebody that we don't know? Like if, if it's and when I say somebody that we don't know, I mean, like, it could still be somebody that exists within Marvel Comics. But I mean, like, somebody, uh, you know, like a non-major character or or someone who hasn't been in the MCU to this point. Like, do you feel like you need to be like, oh, shit, it's so-and-so? Or would you be cool if it's somebody where you don't know who they are, but they just, you know, give a great explanation for what's going on? I will say this. I'll be, I'll be more cool if it's a Marvel character that we all know and love. As opposed to being some big time actor playing a role. Like if there's somebody like um who's somebody they haven't introduced yet in the MCU. Shoot, there's a lot of Thor characters they haven't introduced. I'm trying to think of somebody off off the top of my head. Like, let's say if it's Kang. If it's Kang the Conqueror, we already know who that is. That's more cool. Me knowing against Kang is more cooler than the actor playing Kang. If that makes sense to me. Yeah, that's interesting. Like me knowing yeah. that it's connected to a Pacific Marvel character that may lead into more of that character's universe opening up is more cool, far more cooler than me than them just saying, hey, here's Tom Cruise, and all of a sudden he's part of the MCU. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's I jumping be, on a couch. I think that would be okay. <laughs> 
I was gonna. I think I would be okay with the actor thing if it, not somebody like The Rock or Tom Cruise, but if it was somebody like in Falcon and Winter Soldier when Julia Louis showed up, that caliber of actor I would like as, cool. as a new character. Yeah. So like, if it say if it was somebody like I don't know Kit Harrington or somebody that's like a famous TV actor or a that's recognizable, a yeah. I, I, that that kind of actor that level. But yeah, somebody that's like like I said, and then. Marvel, one thing they always nail is casting, so I'm not worried about a rock showing up or somebody that would overpower the screen. But if it was a like a well-known character actor type thing, I think that I would like that. But I I just to be just to be clear, when I was asking that question, I didn't mean someone you know is in like a a notable actor. I mean, like oh, I see, like a a character, character. Yeah, I I I would ask you. Did you know that uh, Kit Harrington is um, in the MCU now? When you said said his name. Oh no, I didn't think it. He's in the Eternals, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He's Black Knight. Okay, he actually kind I didn't of even... in this show. That's what I was going to oh, say too. Okay. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say it could forgot. be him. I, I was just trying to yeah. think of somebody from like an HBO show. I completely. I after you say that, I remember that. I forgot that he was in that. I I know nothing about the Eternals, so I don't even. Know. Are they somewhat connected to the Thor universe oh, yeah. a little bit? Or yeah. Big time. Okay, I I've just seen the first trailer and I know nothing. I. I know I've I talked to Mike and Axel about this before, but I, I have a good knowledge of the MCU itself, but comic book lore, I don't, I'm not as, not as uh, educated in that. I'm educating myself a lot because my four-year-old is starting to get into it. So I've learned more in the last year than I have the 43 years previously besides the TV stuff or the movie stuff. So that's kind of where my base way. knowledge is. If somebody from the Eternals movie shows up in the finale, or comes, it comes out that one of them is behind this, it would make absolute perfect sense. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, that's cool. Yeah. I was going to say, I like that idea. I'm actually more for that. Mike, to answer your question, I'd rather be introduced to someone new, uh, regardless of the actor or actress. But Mm -hmm. to me, I like that more than when they do like, Hey, what we're going to talk about black widow when they bring someone back that we have uh, that was not as huge a part before and they kind of elevate them. Um, But then again, you know, they have a good track record to be able to handle it either way. But for me at this point in time and with the TV shows, I prefer them to introduce somebody uh, new to us. But I also agree with you guys I think to introduce a character who we already know is going to be a big bad in a movie is not likely for them to do that in the television show. So the alternate, which is their second in command, which we've seen before, right? Uh, that's how we got to Thanos is, yep. um, is I think an interesting proposition either way. Like I've said, I don't really I in, I think it's cool that fan service stuff is exist. I like when characters come back, but for me, I I like this six episodes that we're watching, and I like for it to fit within the confines of that. You know, so what Andy's saying, if in the end it's actually of maybe it's the uh, maybe it's a Sylvie variant that is in there, not a Loki, right? It's another Sylvie. Right, like, because the big, the bad, it's like the biggest uh-huh. bads are the g- women going against each other. That would be cool. I like that too because then it keeps us within the story we've seen, and it makes everything that has happened previously feel like it has value. 
right? And sometimes you can feel like the carpet is pulled out from under you when it's just some big baddie at the end, you know? Like that's why a lot of the times the James Bond movies always disappointed me. It's like, why are you doing this? Because I want to rule the world, you know, like that kind of like, you know, that's not, do, it's just kind of a replacement way of doing that to me. So um, I, I kind of dig that. There was something I oh wait there's something I wanted oh, to transition oh, into oh go ahead I gotta Andy. I gotta say, I gotta say something before I forget because my wife who is a, also a huge fan of this show and is listening to the podcast and when I said I was coming on she's like I want you to watch the kids so I can come on and talk about it if I don't mention <laughs> a couple of her couple of her feedbacks I'm gonna be yes. in big trouble so I was gonna say <laughs> this when I cut out it was about uh, about Sylvie and she because her we are, we've talked a lot about Sylvie and. One of my biggest things always was why was she pruned? We never ever found out why she was pruned. And she is convinced that it's two things. Number one, it's because she's a woman. And Loki is they even asked this time, have you ever seen a woman Loki? And they're all like, no, we haven't. Yep. And the second is because she's trying to be a hero. Like she's sitting there playing with pretending she's the Valkyries when they kidnap her. And that's right when the thing happens, when the variant happens. It's she's, yeah. when, and when we're introduced to her character the episode before as the adult, the song that's playing is holding out for a hero when she's kicking ass. At the time, it felt really out of place, but they wouldn't play holding out for a hero to introduce a villain, I wouldn't think. So I think Sylvie is going to actually become a, a hero-type character here. Why is it Claire sense. on this podcast, Andy? Why, why are you and I and Mike and Delvin here? Because <laughs> that well, shit was like boom, boom, boom. That was I, great. I blocked out because she took our son up to my mother-in-law's oh, today, okay. so I'm here by myself. Otherwise, <laughs> she would be booting my ass out of here, and I'd be playing superheroes with Luke, and she would be talking to you guys. Yeah, that is such brilliant. <laughs> I like all those theories, dude. Yeah. I like I like her theory. I like your theory. I like Axel's theory. Like, I like all those, and I hope that's, that's the case. Is that it? I like that, like for it being like a, a another Sylvie or another Loki or or anything like that. I like that because it still gives you the wow factor without having to go, here's Kane the fucking conqueror in a TV show, like way ahead mm-hmm. of time. Whereas like I said, I feel like that's a little unlikely, but you can still, you still get that impact. If, if you find out like, holy shit, it's not only is it like a, a maybe not like a bad version of Loki, but like, uh, you know, just still Loki, but like normal Loki, yeah. as opposed to our Loki has become kind of like a good guy. Like if this is like Avengers one Loki, and mm-hmm. he's just, you know, really powerful and really evil yeah. and smug. Yeah, like smug. Like, like, like that would be that, I think that would give the same kind of like, oh, shit. Wow. What a reveal without having to roll out Jonathan Majors in a TV show. So, yeah, that's cool. And, and, I, I, cool. and I'm thinking about it, too. She had two other points she wanted me to bring up. Number one was that same scene where they where we see Mjolnir, we see Throg. It's filled. There's also a whole bunch of TV trays. She's a school teacher. The first thing she thought of was a school. We still haven't figured out what that pen, the FDR pen, mm-hmm. was all about. The high school. Wondered if there was a tie in there. Yeah, I and, couldn't uh, tell if the, I can I say yeah. I couldn't tell if those were from like a prison or a school. They're they also look a lot like the TV trays at the TVA as well. So okay, it could yeah. be that too. Yeah. And uh, God, what was the other? There was one other thing. I'll think of it in a second. While but you're saying a bunch of people it, while they're getting lunch, yeah, While you're saying that, I wanted to say first off, I thought the, the those reasons. I wanted to step back that they they pruned her because she's a woman and because she's a hero. And I think that's so. You're so right. And 
Mike was mentioning, and I kept on, I was mentioning too, like that she's playing with the Game of Thrones type stuff. And you're right. She was the hero in that. She was not yeah, doing like bad was, things or tricking. She was playing the Valkyrie for sure. Yeah, you're right. Because you could see if it was, if they were to represent our Loki like that, he would be doing the old like hide inside the horse trick or, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he'd be messing with yep. somebody in his games, right? Because mm -hmm. um, also Marvel is always very particular about those details, especially in a character like that. Um, yep. So I thought that was great. I did want to say when you were talking about the TVA, I forgot to say this, that the episode opens with like everything's normal at the TVA, but we're upside down. And then we go into the room and that's when we see Sylvie and Ravona, right? So I just wanted to mention that because I don't know. It just thematically, it felt very like interesting to me that it was kind of telling us like business as usual, except in the timekeepers play. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it just felt very strange to me, but it also made me feel like everything we were seeing happening in that room and in the void maybe wasn't that important in a sense. Like there was still other things going on. I don't know. I just wanted to, I don't know if that makes any sense. I couldn't quite grasp the idea, but I just felt that that was a really interesting way to start the episode. Like, why did we need to see people just delivering the mail at the TVA? Like it's still going on. You know what I mean? Like, I just thought that that was interesting. Like yeah, I, no, it, I noticed it too. I thought yeah. that was uh interesting choice because it wasn't even like it was it like the camera like rotated. Yeah. Yep. It was, like, it, was it, it, it was noticeable. I like that. And that of course when you yeah. do that you're communicating whenever you turn whenever you move the camera like that you're thinking how does this make the audience feel? Obviously it makes you feel like you're fucking upside down. Right? Like well, it's something's wrong. Part of what I was thinking on that is the, I mean, you can, you notice in the architecture a lot, they have the hourglass symbol and it felt like they were turning the hourglass is kind of what it felt like to me was that because there's hourglasses all over the door for sure. Ooh, but that's kind of like, it starts yeah, again, it's like turning the, it's yeah. just the same shit time again, right? Like, are we yep. doing the same thing again? Cause let's not forget. Okay. Let's kind of transition now. Um, I don't know if anyone had any particular points, but maybe finale. Well, actually, oh, go I, ahead. I did have one thing I just want to okay. throw out real quick sure. that Andy kind of sparked when he mentioned the um, why Sylvie got pruned. And it, it, I wonder if if there's ever been situations, and if this if this could be how it could play out, where you know, right now we've seen them prune people for fucking up the timeline. Like you're supposed to be doing this, and you did something different. What if they prune Sylvie in order to maintain the timeline to ensure that it played out? the way it should like, because if they hadn't done that, she becomes a good guy or whatever. And they're like, Oh, we need her to be evil. Like all the other Lokis. So let's prune her and take her from her family yeah. while she's a kid. And mm -hmm. she'll be hell bent on revenge. Like that's great. I, don't know, I, I think this is the second time I mentioned the idea of, of, of them doing things to maintain the timeline as opposed <laughs> to punishing people for deviating from it. Yes. But yeah, it's like yeah, reverse I, I, I racism or something. You know what I'm talking about? Right? Like, when people think about that, it, when they think about things in reverse, right? Like, she, that's a great thing. But you know what? That's also because it makes me think that's so Disney too, right? Like, what is always the – and like, as soon as Disney came to Star Wars too, it's like, 
you as an individual are special and magical and you have the power no matter who you are, what color, what age, <laughs> what sex, gender, whatever, right? And if anyone tries to stop you from being an individual, right, they are terrible. And that's kind of the Disney thing, right? And so you can see that the TVA, in a sense, that control, it's like what Sylvia's saying, like when you submit control to someone, you can trust, you say, oh, okay, good. They're doing that to them. But then when they come to you and the reason why they're stopping her is because she's good, right? Like she's a, you, you, that's interesting. Hey, it also ties into like when Loki said, well, look at what the Avengers did with all, with all of the infinity stones. And right. said, that was supposed to happen. You know, yeah, like that was so weird. So yeah. I think it, that's why I think it's like a reverse thing where you're like, what? But then you're yeah. like, oh, okay, I get it. Yeah. It could yeah, be a I, thing I, where it's I, like, Sylvie is like Sylvie's like what was my Nexus event and, and they're like no you don't have a Nexus event you are the Nexus event yeah. and we need you to play That's out how you play out I I I kind of on the same line of thinking as you are, Mike, because I I think part of, that's part of why I think Loki is the one behind all this stuff because he wants things to remain bad so he can stay in charge. He's not trying to fix anything. He's trying to make sure that she doesn't want the good versions of Loki there. He wants the he wants the shit to happen. That's what he is. I mean, he's the, he's the god of like Owen Wilson even says that to him one time. He's like, you feel the god of mischief. You're not very mischievous. If we met a Loki that actually is mischievous. I mean, way more than what this one is. I think it would be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Oh, what what do you guys think about stuff. Ravona? I mean, do you think she knows more than she doesn't know? She's pretending to. What do you? I I I've rewatched a bunch of stuff and I I saw saw some things that I thought was interesting. She's always wearing a green suit underneath. Always has a green suit. At one point, Loki uh, when uh, when when they're in the hurricane and. I think Owen Wilson or one of the guys says to Loki, is this one of you? And he's like, no, I'd wear a suit. I would always wear a suit. Is it, do you think she could be a, a Loki as well? Or am I just way out of way out in left field on that? Did, you just blew my mind. Did Claire tell you this too, Andy? What's that? Did Claire tell you this too? This one was collaborative. <laughs> this one was both of us working. We were kind of brainstorming I love while it. we were watching the other night. So I fucking love it. I think it works perfectly, too, because of the Owen Wilson relationship, too. I'm your favorite. What did he say to Loki? You're my favorite. And then he was looking yep. at the other one. That is beautiful, Bad dude. Bad shit. I like, I like that. I like that, I'm just going to end the podcast. I'm hitting right, stop. I'm going to back out. We just have Claire replace me on the yeah. show. That was <laughs> Seriously. That is brilliant, man. I like man. that shit. If that doesn't happen, I hate this show now. <laughs> that, I'm telling you that totally works. It really, it totally. And, and because also all of the, I don't know, or where are the, like she has been the trickster, right? Like mm -hmm. she tricked Sylvie. She tricked Owen Wilson. She, right. Like, and I mean, I know that, I know yeah. that, that character has a big connection to Kang in the comics, but it would be a good trick on the audience if she'd had no connection to Kang. Yeah. And, yeah. and look how, look how, self-centered loki is that would be the most self-centered shit ever where <laughs> like all the yeah. other lokis you banish to the avoid yeah <laughs> like, yep. that's the most loki shit that loki could do man yeah, yeah. I, li I like it i like it that is interesting but it, it does beg the question then where does the flashback fall in that right 
was that actually her in the flashback or was that Loki's original infiltration into the TVA and he trying to get Sylvie first? You know what I mean? Like, I think what, that, that, that would have been original. Like, I feel like that would have been an original Ravona. Okay. And that the one we've been seeing is someone else, which would also be why. Yeah. Like what she said, it, like what that. is my next event? She's like, I don't fucking know. Like, yeah, you don't know because you're not Ravona. Like, yeah. That's great shit, dude. Or or the Ravona. Yeah, that was the And the one we're seeing now is just the enchanted version of her by, by a Loki or by yeah. an enchantress or somebody else. I don't I have could much, easily see that too. I don't have much more mind for you to blow right now, Andy. So you might have to. <laughs> <I know. laughs> you might have to chill out for a little bit. <laughs> this is this 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 should be called Journey into Claire and Andy. That's what it should be called. <laughs> no one wants to see that. But, uh, oh wait a second! No I just thought about that. you're married. You're right. I'm sorry. That's I was. That, that did sound very weird. Um, okay. Uh, oh hey, this is what I wanted to do. DJ Tim Hines, there was a great, I think it was like um, IGN or what the hell was Buzzfeed. it? Buzzfeed. Okay. They had a bunch yep. of shit in it and I just want to throw them out. Okay. Okay. In the background, in the void, there is a Thanos helicopter from the comic books. He Thanos, uses Thanos copter. Yeah. Thanos copter. Toy, and it was in the comics. Okay. There you go. Um, the Lokis enjoy some boxed Roxy wine, which is from Rock's cart that we saw earlier. Yeah. Kid Loki okay, is I didn't see that. Yeah, Kid Loki is drinking a high C ecto cooler. The Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. Yep, which yep. I thought was great. Green high C. Yep. Yep. Which they got rid of, so that's why it's there. Yep. And yep. Um, the Avengers Tower is in the void, and you can see it. And it also says, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this properly, Quang. In the comics, Tony Stark sells Avengers Tower to Quang Enterprises and Mr. Griffin, who was working for Kang the Conqueror. Okay? That's interesting. In the void, you can also see a giant version of Yellow Jacket's helmet from Ant-Man. My son pointed out to me. Yep. Um, Oh, we talked about the Thor frog. And I think that's – oh, this is this one I really liked because I like it when they do things that are outside of the MCU in the comics, but the ship from the Philadelphia experiment is there, the USS Eldridge, and I thought that was awesome. And if you know, that's a story. There's a great 80s movie that was made about that. It's um, called The Philadelphia Experiment. Yes, it is. And I think they actually did a, a part two, which I don't know if I ever saw. But um, uh, that's was an that was a long time uh, um, kind of like conspiracy theory that the U.S. government was trying to do. Uh, it was like, a disappearing ship or something. Yeah, cloaking yeah. technology, and instead of cloaking it, they caused interdimensional or time travel. Um, so that's pretty cool. And there was a bunch of other ones. Oh, there was one that DJ Tim Hines wanted to mention. Which is the appearance of the little Tahitian doll that we've seen in Thor and we saw also in the Avengers. Coulson had it, I think, didn't he? That's it. Coulson had it. And Coulson went to Tahiti in in the TV show, um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., spoiler alert. He kind of (laughs) went. He kind of goes to Tahiti. So it's basically, I think. In the end, 
it was tying into the idea, I believe, that Tim is trying to bring up and delve and perhaps you know more about this theory, can say it more eloquently, that like WandaVision, this could be more of an illusion, an illusion yes. like the whole area, the void itself could be an illusion or a manifestation enchantment. Yeah, pretty much because the Tahiti thing was a big thing in Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. And if you know the story behind it, I don't want to spoil it for people who want to watch Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D., but if you know the story behind Tahiti and the whole kosher thing, it's very fascinating, very interesting, and it kind of plays into a little bit into this, for that matter. Because as for those who know, spoilers for Avengers, I guess, Coulson dies in Avengers, but is alive with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the whole subplot is how is he still alive? And in his mind, he was in Tahiti on vacation. Once you get into the what really happened and why does he think he was in Tahiti, it's pretty dark. Indeed. Really cool, though. Yes. Cool. I dig it. All right. So listen, does anyone have any finale predictions before we talk a little bit about Black Widow? I think we kind of talked a lot about him already. I feel like, yeah, we, we mostly said. did predictions. Yeah, we kind of <laughs> did it. We said we had nothing to talk about. Yeah, that's true. Talk like All right. That. Let's talk whatever, about whatever, Black whatever Widow. Claire says is what I predict. Yes. I predict that Claire is an, and she's a teacher too. So you can see she's using that mind for the students of America. Bringing them oh, upright. Nice. There you, was Claire. one. I, I, there did not really a theory. Just something she pointed out. Now that you mentioned she's a teacher. She, the, uh, you know, the artwork in the, um, in the, in the courts, in the time courts, there's always, they've, they focused on it a bunch of times. Every time they walk in and out of the, like the, the murals on the walls yeah. are very close to uh, Chinese propaganda posters, like Chairman Mao posters. If you yes. look up China, China propaganda, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's really cool when you look at it. That's 100% where they took that from. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, we better not say that because we might get our stream canceled. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, hey, it's, but, it's, hey, it's, it's definitely based on those those pictures. It's kind of neat. Interesting yeah. touch. Well, not as though. I do an apology like John Zena had to Yeah, oh my God. Go. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, but not to say, I mean, America has had its fair share of propaganda and we did, you know, mm-hmm. and you also they, think they about. Use the same, it's, they use the same color schemes and the same kind of. Uh, that's the just truth. Just the same yes. design. It's, yeah. it's just an interesting. T- I don't, it's not anything. It's just an interesting touch. Yeah. It always reminds and I me. And one other thing that I oh, thought wait. was kind of neat, the uh, the smoke monster. I think that's the same smoke when they do those reset charges early in the season. When they do those reset charges, a purple smoke comes out. It looks very similar to the smoke monster at the end. Didn't realize that at all. All right, guys, listen. I don't listen. know if that's a thing. I, I, I wouldn't have that. known it if I hadn't rewatched a couple episodes. But. No, that's purposeful because it's like the color. The green is the Loki, right? Like you see the per. I think that's that's brilliant, dude. And that totally makes sense, too, because you have to think – we're going past the timekeepers now. We're going to find what's really at the heart of this, right? What really made all that technology in the TVA? So the fact that it's connected like that is great thematically, but also visually for the art department to pick up on that and do that. That's Marvel does that so great. Man, Marvel must have color theorists who work there. Because they really, especially when you get into this interstellar shit, the color palettes and everything they do is just absolutely fantastic. Um, All right, let's move it along. 
we're going to talk spoilers for Black Widow. Okay, this is spoilers because I want to talk about it. If you haven't seen it, thank you for listening. Subscribe, like all that shit. Peace out. Here we go. Black Widow. Mike wanted to know how we feel. Let's Delvin. Why don't you start us off and give us just your overall feelings when the movie was over? You how did what did you think? It was just mad at me, honestly. It was just I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I felt like it was a lower middle of the grade MCU movie. If I was to say anything, I felt like it felt more like an earlier MCU movie than it did a modern MCU movie. Like it didn't feel like the Black Panthers or the Infinity War in games or even the Spider-Man things that we've been getting as of late or even the Ant-Man for that matter. I feel like kind of that next generation of MCU where it kind of feels like the storytelling is coming all together and they're running on all cylinders. Even if it's not a 10 out of 10 story, you feel like you're going somewhere with the story. You're kind of satisfied with the ending and things like that. The villains are satisfying and things like that. This kind of feels like a Gen 1 MCU movie where the villains is kind of just there. Like, all right, okay, that's the villain. Yeah, like, like I'll give you a perfect example. Um, Iron Man 2 kind of had that problem where the heroes outside the villain. Um, Iron Man 3, for that matter, kind of had that problem. Um, the, th- the second Thor movie had that problem. But like, the, re- the, the Gen 1 MCU movies had a big problem with that, with the exception of Avengers, of course, where the heroes would constantly outshine the villain and they became kind of the star. Even though that's a good thing, but you need to have a villain that is that you want to see lose. And Incredible to me, villain. this movie didn't give us that. Yeah. That's a great point, dude. I think you, man, you really distilled a lot of my feelings too. I enjoyed this for a family movie night with my son and my wife. Um, after we got past my son, usually like we get two minutes into a movie and then I pause it and I go, oh, I have a phone call. And I pick up my phone and I do this. I go, oh, yeah. Hi. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did we order the Lachlan Talks during the whole movie version of this? <laughs> um, because I'm trying to pay attention to the dialogue and Lachlan keeps on asking questions. And then he gets all <laughs> upset because um, the kid does not st- – I don't know if your kids do that, guys, where it's like, why is it – but daddy, why? And I'm like, I can't. And my wife gets – I'm kind of patient about it because I'm used to answering questions about TV all the fucking time, right? <laughs> That's me. I'm the guy. My She's asking me questions. What is Game of Thrones? Is that his sister? You know? So once we got past that, I enjoyed it. It was fun. But I agree, Delvin. Bottom quarter of the MCU for me. Not bad, though. I thought it was fun. I like the way they – I like the whole family thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, like she cool. she bombed the daughter. Oh, she's alive. Oh, you know, like the father. I I, I liked – um, what's her name? Florence Pugh. Is that how you pronounce her name? Yep. First of all, um, and no offense. I'm not trying to be sexist or anything, but – Man, is she hot. Oh, my God. She is just God. What a world we live in when Damn. you say, man, you is know, she hot, and you have to preface that okay. by, I hope this doesn't offend Well, anyone. I'm just trying to say, <laughs> look, okay, since come on. Since you brought it up. Since I brought Mike, it up. Can I bring it back to Surrey? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you, did you guys notice this? I, I brought up the mic, and he noticed it immediately yeah. when I saw it. 
There are a lot, a gratuitous amount of butt shots. Yeah, oh my God. Dude, I was sitting there going uh, like this. I was saying that because I was trying to make my son laugh. He's kind of like noticing girls now. So I was just like, butt shot, butt shot, butt shot. Yeah. And, and, and I don't want to complain about it too much either yeah. um, because it's a nice butt. But and they showed way more of Scarlett Johansson's butt than of Florence uh, Pugh's butt, and I liked her of butt anyone. too. Um, yeah. But it was it's a lot a of butts. Lot. It's like gratuitous. Yeah. It's like yes. a, it's the same uh, amount. Yeah, I went. I actually went back to the theater yesterday. It was the first time I went back to the theater, and on the big screen, it's even more noticeable. I mean, oh. it is in your face all the time. Ooh, I might have to go see this in the theater now. <laughs> yeah. Why did you I know? think that? I'm like, oh, maybe I should hmm. go see it in the theater. <laughs> um. I like big butts. Okay. Well, and I have to say it. Uh, Yeah, it was. I mean, I, but I love, I like her. I think she's an amazing actress too. Like no shit. She's gorgeous. And it's just, I love looking at her face. I mean, this is why people are in the movies. All right. But she, did you guys ever see, I'm losing, um, Andy's going to remember for me, the movie, the horror movie that she was in. Does anybody remember what I'm talking about? The, Ooh, Tom Tom Ooh, no, Florence, Florence Pugh. Pugh. Yeah. Uh, wasn't she oh. in Midsummer? Thank you. Midsummer. Okay. She was in that? Yes. I, Midsummer. I think she's the lead. Oh, my God. She's really? the lead, isn't she? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You hated I that? Hated I did not like that movie. That was no. one of my favorite movies I, thought that I have dope, seen though. in <laughs> years. But I can understand if you're not, if you're not, you got to be in the, if you're not into it, you're not into it. You have to buy into that film. You know what I mean? Yeah, Very I much so. So I can understand that. Um, but I thought she was brilliant in that movie. And I thought that she made Black Widow for me. If I have to say the one thing I loved about this film was her and the Stranger Things guy. Stranger Things, that's what I'm all, I'm going to call him from now on. Stranger Things guy, funny as hell. And I love the, the arm wrestling scene. The funny shit was good in this. Oh, you like my so many pockets. What am I going to do with all these pockets? That was so cute. But overall, yeah. eh, not not the best. You know, it kept it going. But it was also, again, like maybe 40 minutes too long. <laughs> 40 minutes. <laughs> I like it. I think it's everything. Like half a movie too long. <laughs> well, I mean, it was two hours and 15 minutes long. Uh, I think, yeah, I'm just fucking with you. Yeah, I, I mean, I love hour and a half. That's me. I'm hour and a half guy. I think That's, movies should yeah, be about I'm kind an hour of in and the half. Same. I'd say, like, for, it was good, but it wasn't. I think Delvin said it perfectly when you're like, it was kind of like the earlier MCU ones that were, were good, but they, they're not a lot different than what we've been having the last three or four years. The, I'd say, lower lower third, maybe. I also heard of it when I was watching it, and like in the first ten minutes, she's sitting there watching Moonraker, notoriously one of the goofiest Bond movies. I'm like, you put that there for a reason, yeah. so my expectations were lowered a lot, just because if you, if they're not tr- they're they're basically saying we're not trying to be Skyfall, we're shooting for Moonraker. So my expectations were <laughs> yeah. lowered quite a bit just by seeing that. So I'm like, I just enjoyed it for what it was. I I just I the thing I loved the most was just going back to the theater. It was. It was in a 200 seat awesome. theater, and there was about 10 people in there, and it was—I forgot how much I missed that. That was amazing. That's a dream. That's but, great. Yeah, yeah. That's so, great. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm basically in the same same kind of feeling as you guys, where I'm kind of—I enjoyed it. It was fun, but probably not one I'll rewatch a lot. Did everybody? Where Delvin? Where did you see it? I saw it at home. I, I paid the um, Disney. What is it? Disney Premiere. Yeah. Because yep. it, 
I felt like I want I was gonna go see it in the movie theaters originally, but then I said, okay, it's thirty dollars to see it at home, and everybody in my house wants to see it, so that literally is cheaper than going to the theater. Yeah. And I already had popcorn here, and I already had chips here, so I just made it. I kind of made it a double feature that I watched that movie. The rest that I watched Infinity War. Nice. That's what tomorrow my son and I are going to do. Oh, what did he call it again? Marvel Movie Madness Marathon Monday. Um, nice. I like it. Yeah, he like came it. up with that too. Uh, and we're going to watch. He wants to watch um, Infinity War and Endgame. Um, and I was like, okay, we'll do that. Mom's away. So yeah, that's what I thought that, th- but that's what this was, right? Like, I think that that's why this kind of stuff works for Disney. This was a great like family movie or, you know, and it was about family. I mean, violent family movie, but it was, a, it was, <laughs> it was about fa- that. That's the stuff I liked. I liked the family stuff, the little subterfuge where Scarlett Johansson and her mommy, tricked everybody with the fate that was kind of fun that was great yeah that, that was great. cool um you know and i actually did like the touch that when the super bad russian took off the mask it was the daughter that she mm-hmm. blew up i, I didn't see that, that coming 15 minutes of watching the movie oh okay <laughs> <laughs> i you see that's how they trick me because i'm always thinking oh this could be someone from the comic that i don't know so i just don't even guess um but I that was one thing. I, that was one thing I liked about it that they actually did some spy stuff with her because you yeah. really haven't gotten besides that first Avengers movie and a little bit in Iron Man two. She really hasn't done that much spy stuff. She's kind of just been fighting people with Captain America or with other people. So yeah. I like that they did some of the Jason Bourne, James Bond type of stuff yeah. that they incorporated. Yeah. I wish yeah. they would have done more of it. Actually, not just yep. the action, the actual spy stuff. I like. I will say this: there are two things that annoyed me about this movie a lot. And it's the fact that one, every five minutes they were reminding you, she's an Avenger. Yeah. <laughs> she's an Avenger. You know, like widow. She's an Avenger. Like, how many times are you gonna tell us that she's an Avenger? We all know this. Stop telling us this. It's not like she has superpowers or anything like that. She is on the same level as Hawkeye, just a regular person yep. who just happened to be an Avenger. <laughs> but they cool made that we know this. But yeah. They made fun of her a couple over times, over. though, too, right? Like, remember, wait, her sister said to her, you know, when one of the important ones comes. And they said something like that to yeah. Sam, too, in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier. Like, when are the real yeah. Avengers comes? Yeah, and she had something about the space alien with the hammer shows up. Or yeah, something. yeah. Said, so didn't they mention it? But I oh, like, no. I like she, when they make those kind of mentions. Yeah, yeah. that was great. She said, yeah. she said, I don't think the space alien with the hammer needs to take an advil after a fight Er, yeah that's it that's it and um i i I mean that's something too which is always gets me with these movies and where i you really have to suspend your disbelief when it comes to black widow and hawkeye because i can accept thor being in a huge car accident and it flips over 18 times and he's okay. He's fucking Thor. But your ninja training is not going to save you from a car crash like that. Like, it's not like she knows how to duck. You know what I mean? Like, they thought around, like yeah. uh, you know, there's no car crash surviving training school. You're fucked. You know what I mean? Glass goes in your eye. You know, uh-huh. like you can't predict that. Um, so that I kind of, you know. That 
I think they had this similar problem in Falcon and Winter Soldier where the super soldier punches someone and they go flying across the fucking room, but their whole chest is not caved in. Do you know what I mean? But then when the super soldier does it, you're like, they're a super soldier. So it's a little bit, that part of it is, I, I, I just wanted to mention that, but I thought that was a little, you know, even, and I think that's why they talk about it all the time too. Cause it's like you, you still kind of, it's almost like the umbrella powers of the Avengers cover her <laughs> so, <you> know, like, <laughs> through osmosis. She is somehow a superhero. Um, but yeah, I thought, I don't know. Oh, can I just say one thing too? the starting off? And I know I have Nirvana tattooed on my body. Yes, I do. Um, but the I starting thought of you the second this started playing in the theater, <laughs> so I'm like, nope, Axel's gonna want to talk about some this. fucking <laughs> millennial breathy girl going, load up on guns, bring your friends. I wanted to vomit in Kurt Cobain's coffin for himself. I hated what, it. What does Kurt Cobain he didn't it, make the song like that? It, no, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. He is he is dead in his own coffin, vomiting on himself. Even though it's hard to do that when the back of your head is blown off. That makes it weird. I don't know, man. I'm just going off. I'm just saying shit. I'm on YouTube now. I just didn't like it. I couldn't take it. It was terrible. Marvel, you can do better than to ape Zack Snyder. Like That is like a Zack Snyder cheap hallmark bullshit like thing to do and i it really it really annoyed Mm me you're like i don't know sorry i had to say it like you know what i would have rather just play fucking smells like teen spirit you know what i'm saying like if you had done that i would have been like okay marvel fucking hell okay use kurt i don't actually did they do a slower version of teen spirit on uh the uh, mtv Live, unplugged. I don't think they did. They did. No. did they? Uh, I don't think so. I, I don't, don't think, think he did. They, I think he didn't want to do it because he was so fucking sick of that song. I think he didn't yeah, want to do I it. I think there was a yeah, there was a period there where they never played it because they yeah didn't they were sick of it or something. Dude, I when I saw them unplugged. in concert and they did "Smells Like Teen Spirit," he he looked he turned his back to the audience. He 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 jumped around like an like a jerk off for a couple of seconds then he then he went to the mic and did the whole song like this and just didn't move the entire time and then it was when it was over he he said something like there you go and then they moved on to the next song (laughs) and he had fun and they jumped around and they got back to having fun but it's just like anything it's like radiohead my you know that radiohead song my iron lung that's written about the song creep because it's like they couldn't go anywhere without that dumb song following them. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got into music. I'm sorry, guys. But anyway, <laughs> I hated that, and you can do better, Marvel. But otherwise, um, they didn't do it again, so that was good. So um, I fall in the same place that you guys do. Um, didn't, lo- didn't love it, didn't hate it. Um, I said in my video, I put it in the, the bottom third. Um, I, I, it it, it it was serviceable. Uh, I enjoyed aspects of it. Uh, I thought there were some really good fight scenes in it. Like Axel said, I thought uh, it had some really good funny moments. 
uh, the ones you mentioned. I thought uh, David Harbour was great in it. I thought Florence Pugh was great in it. Um, I re- oh, I like the you didn't mention this one, but I liked it when she uh, pointed out like, why are you always land in that pose? <laughs> and then later, yeah, and then later she was does it, and I was like, oh, <laughs> like this yeah. is so gross. <laughs> so I, I really like the pose thing. Uh, but my biggest uh, takeaway, I think, from this movie, because you know you can walk away and be like, I really love the plot, or I really love this act- actor's performance in it. Um, the thing that uh, I take away from this the most is the. Uh, disgusting amount of plot armor that happens in this movie. Like, you got to suspend disbelief when you're watching a comic book movie, right? But not to the point of where I actually am, like, audibly saying things. Like, like what the fuck is this? Or how convenient, like, at my screen. And there were a good four to five instances of that in this movie that kind of frustrated yes. me. Because it was like, after the first one to th- you know one or two you might be like oh, okay uh, but it's it's almost like they got bigger and more noticeable as the movie went on so like like i think early there was a scene where uh i think it was early where she like falls off a building and just like fucking <laughs> yes, that's yeah. what i'm talking like, about the same yeah. fall killed yeah. someone else and yeah. then she hit like three <laughs> different things on the way down and was fine and all the falling at the end there too, uh, when the ship is crashing and she falls and hits like five yes, different things, yes. and yeah. that, that it got really but James Bondish. That was the yeah. that was one of the other ones that I was thinking of. Uh, the one that I think pissed me off the most was when they were breaking uh, uh, Red Guardian out of prison, and they're in that helicopter, and Yelena, <laughs> like they're pelting this helicopter with bullets. They're like going through the helicopter and out the other side, and Yelena just casually walks over grabs a gun, sits in the open doorway, yeah. you see the bullets going across the helicopter, heading toward her, and I guess they just decided, like, we're not going to shoot her, we're just going to skip over, and then continue, like, oh my god, it was so bad. Yeah. I'm like, like, how she fucking did not get shot was ridiculous. That she was has the that, force field on. Yeah. That was the one that bothered me the most. Like, like what the fuck is this? And then a the, uh, couple other things. The I didn't I, I didn't really like when she goes to try to kill uh what was his name Drake Draco Drake Driscoll uh, fuck you know the bad the the, the bad guy yeah uh, when she goes to try to kill him and she's like why can't I kill you he's like, <laughs> she, she, she's like I'll have a chip he's like well it just so happens that if you smell me you can't kill me yeah. I said what the fuck. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm stupid. laughs> I was like, that's the most. And then she breaks her shit. nose. To, yeah, he's like, to, oh, if you can smell me, yeah. you're fucked. Oh, man. <laughs> like, what? Is it like, so what is he, like, what is he doing? Just passing gas in the room? <laughs> <laughs> you can smell that's, me, so he can't kill me. That's oh. what I was. Oh, shit. I was going to say, that's why I was saying that when they referenced the goofiest James Bond movie, that's why I said. That's the kind of stuff yeah. you'd see in some of those yep. Roger Moore, James Bond it movies. Is. And I was like, "That's my expectations were lowered so much by that. But uh, yeah, that stuff was just crazy. The, the, fer- yeah. the pheromones in the gun copter really, really did it for me. And then I, I also didn't like how, because I was really looking forward to the ending. Because when, when they were like, okay, we're going to the Red Room and we're going to fucking find this guy. I'm like, bet, this should be fun. And then the fucking widows are waiting in line to attack attack Natasha. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, like you can literally like sometimes they shoot those things where you can't really tell, but you can see the other widows standing in the background with their arms folded. Like, yeah, hey, go ahead, girl. Yeah, you got. I'm uh-huh. next. I'm next. Like, very yeah. polite killers. Yes, man. I'm like, because yeah. when I saw them all in that room, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be dope. Like, whenever they, whenever they fight these, all these, like, there's like. 20 30 widows in here this is gonna be awesome <laughs> yeah nope. 
It's like what it, in those what situations, it, there's got to be a movie where someone like the first person steps out and then a guy just puts his hand on his shoulder and goes, look, let's just all rush the motherfucker. Why are we taking turns? Yeah. <laughs> okay, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you go for the knees. I'll go for the head, bro. We'll have him down. Um, I no, have to I had agree. the movie yeah. ranked higher up until, like, the, the gun copter and the pheromones and the widows waiting in line. <laughs> like, I, ha- I had the movie. I-, I was enjoying it far more. By that point, I'm like, okay, now this is starting to actually kind of irritate me. Oh, there were several moments that irritated me in this movie. <laughs> uh, oh, my I God. I just ran off five, so. <laughs> just like, <laughs> just. I know people are were very upset about um what is his name Taskmaster because this is a very different version of Taskmaster than the comic book version. The people were expecting a comic book version, which is fine. I like the MCU did something different. That wasn't my problem with it at all. My problem with it was the resolution behind it, and the big surprise that I figured out within fifteen minutes because they kept. Mentioning it, they kept saying, "Oh, his daughter's dead. His daughter's dead." Yeah. Every time you, yeah, you know you killed his daughter, right? You know you didn't kill him. You killed his daughter. Okay. I see. <laughs> they kept saying it to the point where, like, okay, that taskmaster has to be his daughter. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. So then, when they did the big reveal for that, I'm like, okay, knew that was going to happen. And then they have the big fight and everything like that. Then at the end, where they're, I guess they're back on the ground and stuff, and she releases the. The magic smoke that that cures their mind on her. Why wouldn't Taskmaster? That sounds dumb when you say it that way. (laughs) Why wouldn't Taskmaster still want to kill her? She blew up half of her face. Yeah. Like what? How does sorry? I'm sorry. How did that absolve you for what you did? Like you tortured me. I'm I'm very convenient because of you. Like why is this okay? Now we're friends. That makes no sense. Mm-hmm. Makes no like even if she was on the mind control for years and she helped get her out of that mind control. That's cool, but you still owe, you, you still owe these hands for what you did. Because if you <laughs> wouldn't have blew me up, this wouldn't be a problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think you know what? When I'm thinking about this and 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 I have to say too, I I actually enjoyed the final sequence when they were escaping it and flying through the air and i just i really thought that that was fun but the whole sequence between um ray winston not is it ray winston i always get the other guy mixed up that is ray winston, yeah i think right? that's who, i think that's who it is okay yeah. okay i get mixed up with the other tall english guy who is in dexter that's a different winston or something i don't remember what are you talking uh, about <laughs> ray, ray winston who is this that's the the main bad guy the head guy yeah. I thought you said he was t- – wasn't that guy short? No, no, but there's another guy who has a similar name. I, I was thinking oh, of names. Oh, okay. Yeah, Dude, yeah. Wait, as soon as you said a tall, tall no, guy. No, no. I, I, like, I was thinking about a different actor. About. I was thinking Ray about a different Winston. actor. Yeah, they, w- Ray Winston. Yeah. Um, I f- the, because They didn't explain it soon enough because she's standing there. And his daughter's in the corner. Then their girls. It's like they always had an audience and you're waiting for her to kill him and she's not doing it. But they take like 10 minutes for him to explain the nose thing so they can get it. there. So like you're saying too, Mike, there was a lot of that in this movie. I wanted to bring up this fact, this idea. I have a theory about this movie. My theory about this movie is that they actually wrote this a really long time ago. And I think that they didn't think that a female-fronted MCU movie would be successful. 
Then they did Captain Marvel. We had a lot of change in this country, Me Too, all that. So they brought out the old script, freshed it up a little bit, called up Scarlet, called up some stars, had a blast making a Marvel movie. Because I agree, it plays like the earlier Marvel movies in so many ways. It really Mm -hmm. was weird to me because I was thinking about watching all the Marvel movies in order with my son before this movie started, right? Because I was thinking like, oh, where does this happen, you know? And then while I'm watching it, I'm like, gosh, if I was going to show – this really does kind of – it belongs earlier in the timeline. If they had – then it would seem like it was made earlier. But I just think that it was not great. But it never – I'll say this to defend it a little bit. um, It never annoyed me too much because they did keep it moving pretty well. I'll give it – I'll hand it to them there. You know what I'm saying? Except I have to admit I'm an old man. I'm 47 years old. People watching this. I fell asleep when they were at the house chatting and then I woke up when they – when they came and got them like when that, I love big, that part of the house by the way yeah it was yeah, so it nice too. but i fell asleep a little bit so i'll watch it again um but scene. i was old so think, that was I the one part right of, that had been around a while i mean one of their head writers yeah. was the or one of the people that wrote the screenplay was one of the showrunners on wandavision so i'm guessing that she got the wandavision job because she had already written the script i think I, th- I think they spruced it up too because don't write yeah. because don't forget the they do like from my understanding is they do in reverse. So like in TV, you all sit in a writer's, well, actually I should say they reverse a film. They do it like TV. They all sit around in a writer's room. They come up with the idea for these films and then they task someone with writing it. That person didn't really write the movie. You know what I mean? Like in some, in some respects they did and they give them different varying degrees of the director to mess with it. But I do think that the beats of this and the idea of her family and blah, blah, blah was an old idea. It just seemed old to me. And it's, yeah, I, I just don't, I mean, I guess it got fucked up with COVID and everything too, the release date and all that. And it serves as a bridge to the next phase. But in many respects, I just felt like this was perfect to watch on like Disney premiere. Um, but it did not feel at all like the scale of infinity war or like civil war or even the Spider-Man movies, um, recent Spider-Man movies. My last thing to say is this, you guys think this would have been better as a six episode TV series on Disney plus. Yes. Give you give you more time to get to yeah. know the characters, right? Yep. Make the espionage elements bigger and better. Yeah. I, hey, I got a question. I have a question, Delvin. You maybe can answer this. Do you know is the the character? And I can't think of what his name is. He he was on Handmaid's Tale. The guy that plays her. Yes, I love the guy him. that gets things for him. Her like her her guy. The guy that gets the plane for and the helicopter. Is that a recurring character? Do you know? In the color books, yes. Okay, I don't remember I would, the name, but yes, I would really like movie. to. See, I liked him a lot in that. I, I hope he returns in other other movies. I thought Andy that he that, and maybe I'm wrong about this because I do not know as much. Like I'm, I, I know about the comics, but it's spotty. I yeah, thought that's that, kind of where I am. <laughs> yeah, I thought that he was connect. I I when I saw him pop up after a while, I thought 
didn't Tony Stark have, wasn't there like a, a, a person who worked for Stark Industries or something that was very much liked and then left that was like this character? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But well, I don't for know. Tony, they had Happy Hogan who did that this kind of same kind of stuff. Right, but I mean, I I thought in the comics there was like a younger kid who like left Stark and became like a supplier, you know, but I I In the comics? Yeah, but maybe I'm wrong. There's a few like that. Okay. I want to say Justin Hammer. I was about to say like uh, Hammer from, uh, what was he in the second Iron Man or the third? Yeah, Yeah. Iron Man 2. He was like that. Yeah. Okay. I kind of wish they would bring him back. I I always like that actor. I love him. I do too. Oh yeah, he's a great actor. He's yeah. great. And, uh, and, Rockwell. Yep. Yeah, Sam, Sam Rockwell. Yeah. He's he he he. Um, but the guy that we're talking about here from Handmaids. To, oh, Sam Rockwell. By the way, worked at World of Video. He he delivered movies to people. Oh wow. Um, he came into cool. World of Video one time with like a bunch of famous people. I can't remember who it was. It was. Uh, he's really short in person, isn't he? They're all really short in person. Yeah, that's Andy. what I thought. <laughs> Everyone's really short to Axel. Come Everybody. on, man. Well, that's true. Good point. Good point. Except Quentin Tarantino. That motherfucker is not short. Um, uh, whatchamacallit? But, Tar- but Sam Rockwell came in and he was with a couple. I can't remember. It was one famous like New York guy uh, and a couple of really beautiful actresses. It was like five of them and they were all like character type actors and they came into World of Video one day. And he was showing them around and he didn't tell them that he worked there before he became a big actor. So I walked over to him and I go, Hey Sam, what's happening? And he's like, Oh, how you doing? And I go, what are you here? Are you here to pick up? Cause you used to work as a delivery guy here. And he, and they all start <laughs> laughing and he goes, he's fucking right. I loved working here. He goes, is Mitch here? Who's the owner? And he talked to Mitch for a little while. But um, because I wasn't trying to put him on the spot, I was like, I was trying to like meet him at an equal level. Axel, I was just well, I was just trying to meet him at an equal level and make them feel like they were the out, like you know what I mean. And they kind of got what I was doing, you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I was like, we're the cool guys here, we're the video store guys, Sam. You know, Uh, but that was really funny. That's all my story. That's all I got. But anyway, that dude is he really English? From the Handmaid's Tale, yeah, I've okay. Heard, I've oh. heard him. I've heard him speak outside, Good. Of like not okay. being in a film or something like that. Okay, because that goes a number one thing I hate when they make English people have a, American accents. Like I was oh. so happy that Thor they let Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> so now you speak, hate Luke, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just I like it when people they like America is the melting pot. Why does everyone have to have an you know like yeah. I grew up with a people with a lot of different accents. So that's kind of like part of what America is to me. I've never understood why we have to have everyone talk like they're from the Midwest or something, you know? I always find it interesting when movies uh, move to a location of a foreign country, but somehow everyone there still speaks English. I always find that to be really weird. Very like common. It's, yes. yeah, it's, it's incre- it's, it, now that I've mentioned it, if it's not something you've noticed before, there's going to be anybody who's listening or something like that, you will notice the fuck yeah. out of that now. Because it happens yeah. all the time. It's yeah, it, <laughs> like, dude. Why is everybody in Dubai speaking English. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody out here 
Everybody, in, everybody in Latvia spoke English. <laughs> you know, <laughs> every country fa- does that. Well, so one of my favorite things where they handle that problem in uh, Hunt for October, when most of it takes place on a Russian sub. Yeah. And at the very beginning of the movie, they're all talking in Russian, and yep. the camera zooms way in on Sean Connery's face, and mid-sentence, everything switches to English. So then you basically are like, okay, we know these guys are talking yeah. Russian, but you don't have to read subtitles the whole time. I mean, if you're going to do it, I like that they at least did that. I love that. And then when they finally meet up with the Americans later, then they're talking Russian again. Yeah. But, yeah, it is super annoying that everybody speaks English everywhere. It's odd if you don't know how to check out from reality. Well, I guess it's that everyone has the Star Trek Universal Translator stuck in their ear. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That Hunt for Red October shit, I loved that shit. When I saw that in the movie theater, Andy, I got yep. chills because that was when I was younger and I was thinking I wanted to be a director. I want to make movies. And when yep. I saw that, I was like, this movie cares. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. I love that movie. You know? That's yeah, what made me think of I it. I totally respect that. that. Well, the most egregious bad accent ever is fucking Charlie Hunnam in Sons of Anarchy who has a fucking amazing accent and an amazing voice. And he had does the worst English accent, American accent ever. And they had a whole subplot of Ireland. They could have just had it that he grew up in Ireland. And and then he came to America and it would not have affected the plot at all. It would have strengthened the plot. It would have strengthened all the Irish shit. And it would have made sense of why he can't pronounce shit, even though he grew up in SoCal. You know what I mean? Like he couldn't oh, even. Man. He would say SoCal. Like he sound. I don't know. Okay, I could go off. I'm sorry. Andrew Lincoln. Yeah. Terrible. Oh, on the Walking Dead. Agree. Walking Dead. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's the cool. thing. Um, I've heard that actually. <laughs> British British people find it much easier to do a Southern accent. When they do an American accent, they find it easier to do like a Southern or like a Texas drawl, like talk like this a little bit. It's easier to talk, you know, like I'm an American. Carl. That's, that's how they make fun of us. Yeah. That's the parody of America, like the yep. Southern accent carrying the big gun. So I'm quite sure that's a common yep. joke that's played out there well that's like when americans do a british accent and they're like can i have my tea <laughs> exactly <laughs> all right oh, we're just okay. fucking talking now but this is fun anyway i like that part of it anyway everybody thanks for listening anyone have anything else to say before i it seemed like it was appropriate to end the show <laughs> oh yeah i, I gotta okay. run anyway all right, so. yeah yeah no i'm good we'll be back for the finale next week thank you everyone for listening for downloading please like and subscribe subscribe to the delvin cox experience subscribe to one mic go over to daily go over to dvrpodcast.com that's me go to and eat some stuff from andy's farm and also lego is awesome and i'll we we didn't put Mike to sleep talking about Lego the whole episode, which I did before the episode began. Peace out, everybody. Peace. Peace. Later. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.